Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Great to be with you. I'm going to read a few verses from Luke chapter 5 and verse 27 to uh, 32. It says, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honour. Many of the Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Um, interesting, uh, colourful characters, um, arguments, argumentative behaviour and some bizarre uh, behaviours uh, make memorable moments for having meals together. Um, I was thinking of some of the meals I had um, been invited to and hosted and one of them kind of came to my mind this week. And uh, it was years and years ago, Mary and myself were invited to a very rich widow's uh, house for a meal. Her daughter had been saved uh, through uh, 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 some evangelism that was done in the local church. And uh, she uh, wanted to uh, entertain Mary himself for a meal. And uh, we uh, drove up to the front uh, drive and uh, as you entered the first thing you noticed was the gatekeeper's house and uh, as you passed the gatekeeper's house um, I remembered that they told me that one of the Bee Gees lived next door so we are driving down and the tennis court I remember on the right hand side actually I used to play there later on regularly turned up uh, to the house and you parked outside the indoor swimming pool so um, got out the car went in really pristine uh, nice big table all laid out beautifully done and I was a little nervous um, and uh, so we sat down for the meal and uh, roast meal dinner and everything and there was uh, a gravy jug you know, one of these boats, you know what they're called. And uh, so I get it, puts a little bit of gravy on. She just was put down and I noticed a drip was going to just come off. You know what it's like? They're just, and, and I'm suddenly panicking. And I flicked the gravy boat to save the drip. And honestly, the whole of the gravy just slewed out the back all over the table. Um, it was one of those times 
as Mary would say, I was a disaster waiting to happen. And um, uh, yeah, you, I'm sure we have many, many stories like that. She was a really lovely lady. In the end, when we adopted our first kid, we lived in a little terraced house. She actually came and babysat and she used to turn up in this brand new black BMW 5 Series on our little cul-de-sac terrace. And she used to sit, we had a 12 inch black and white tilly. And when we used to come in, we'd see her about five foot away from it, trying to watch the telly because everything was still, but lovely, lovely lady. But what a, that was a, a memorable moment. Have you ever thought what it would be like to be sharing a meal with James or Peter and John um, later in their life and saying, what was it like? Tell me one or two moments when you were with Jesus. And you could imagine them saying, well, you know what? Can you imagine this? We were eating with a guy who had been dead for three days. That wasn't Jesus. That was another guy. That was Lazarus. And uh, you can't imagine the conversation that went on on that table. You know, what was it like? How did it all happen? And then I, I, you can imagine the, the juices are going a little bit and saying, hey, there was another time and we were in this Pharisee's house and a lady gate crushed it and she bashed a jar of perfume. I mean, it was bizarre, just gate crushing a, a, a time. And then uh, they're getting quite excited now, a bit like me and that, you know, what about the time we turned up at a wedding? Actually, we'd only just got to know the guy. We only just got to know Jesus. And you know what? They ran out of wine. And we watched him say to servants, get those jugs, fill them with water. And you know what? It was so brilliant. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And you know what? Jesus, he so loved partying and being with people. They started branding him as a glutton and a, a drunkard. And we got engaged in all that as well. We were, we were all <laughs> accused of it. You could imagine story after story after story of them remembering those amazing meals. You know, meals together, they do <laughs> create some interesting dynamics and we're gonna be able to have them reasonably soon. I understand. And as Andy uh, introed this, we are looking at the whole thing of mission and we're looking at meals together with people. And so just going to go through quickly the uh, little story that I read of one of the meals that Jesus had. And it says, as I read later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax collector's Food. So the first thing I want to kind of comment is before they even had the meal, Jesus was looking for people he could eat with. He was looking for people he could share with. And um, so I want to say that as we're coming out of lockdown, um, I'm looking forward to having uh, uh, a barbecue or at least she, he won't have the barbecue because he's only just been born. But my latest grandson, which we haven't seen yet, but we will be able to have uh, a barbecue with parents and uh, and uh, give him a hug in the open air 
that's going to be a great thing to do. We're all looking forward to meeting family, friends, and having uh, some meals together. That's I've got my barbecue. I got it out two days ago, cleaned it all up, ready to go, and uh, just always get it out in March or February. It just makes me feel good. Uh, but what I want to do is refocus um, some of our thinking to the friends and to, to the people that we wouldn't normally be inviting to those things because Jesus was always on the lookout, not for people he knew, but people he could potentially get to know. In fact, he said, I'm on the lookout for people who need a doctor, the people who need to know that their sins need forgiving. I'm looking out for the lost. And uh, I just want us to first of all realize that when we're talking about meals together, we need to think who that is for. And for Jesus, he was always looking out for people. On another occasion, he'd just come out of Jericho and he looked up and saw another tax collector. He loved tax collectors. It's like he was his favorite people was tax collectors, it seems, because he's always eating them. And he noticed this guy up a tree and basically said, come down, Zacchaeus. I want to come back to your house for a meal. Now, it's not very English to invite yourself to someone else's for a meal. Although I know there's some people on this call who basically are quite happy to do that. Colin, can we come round for a barbecue? You're putting the hands up already. I can see it. I can see it. But the reality is it's not kind of that British. Uh, but sometimes, you know, to invite yourself to someone else's actually gives them dignity and honour. Sometimes, actually, they feel more comfortable. And uh, so just throwing that out, that sometimes just inviting yourself and just saying, can I come round for some, a, a cup of tea or something? Actually, they feel a bit more safer and secure in their own environment. So just a, a bit of a nuance on, on that. But, uh, uh, <clears throat> and also, it's not just a matter of uh, who you see with your eyes but it's actually who you see with your spirit as well. Early on in Jesus's ministry, very, very early on, and when uh, he had met Peter and Philip and, and others, uh, he basically, Philip, one of the people who got to know Jesus, wanted to go and get Nathaniel. So he goes out and he says this, he, he finds Nathaniel, and uh, as they're kind of coming back to Jesus, Jesus said this, now, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus cried, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, you are the son of God. So basically, Jesus had seen Nathaniel in his spirit. God had revealed it. You know, sometimes as we're praying, let God drop people into your mind. Let God drop people who you could invite, who you could talk to and so it's not just keeping your eyes open to the people on your street at work etc but it's also keeping your spirit open to what Jesus is saying to you so just want to pray just for a minute I'm finished but I'm just going to pray God I want to pray would you drop into our minds now people that we can invite people that we wouldn't normally be the first on our list when we open up 
to be able to have a barbecue, to have people in our gardens. I want to pray, would you just drop people now into a mind that we could give a text to and say, looking forward, if you'd like to come round for a meal. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So first point is eyes open, spirit open, look. Second point, this is the guest list. It says in uh, verse 29, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honour. Many of the Levi and fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with scum? I do like the New Living Translation. Pretty blunt. Um, to, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the Pharisees didn't like the guest list. I was thinking about times when I've struggled with the guest list. Now, I always feel embarrassed to say this, but I think most of you may identify a little bit with this sin, if it is a sin. Have you ever been to a wedding and the first thing you'd look at is the table list? Have you ever done that? And have you ever looked at that table list and your heart sinks? And you think this isn't gonna be a barrel of laughs. You know, I, I know it may just be me, but you know, so I'm just trying to say guest lists are important. And they were very important to the Pharisees because Jesus was eating with all the wrong people. And I want us to see again our guest list, which is just carrying on from the first point, really. Who do we see? They need to then come into the our guest list. Jeremiah said this, to understand what Jesus is doing with eating with sinners, it's important to realize that in the East, even today, to invite a man or woman to a meal was an honor. It was an offer of peace, trust, brotherhood, and forgiveness. Jesus' meals with publicans and sinners are an expression of the mission and the message of Jesus. Okay? And I want to say this, um, is even those times when my heart has sank and... Uh, at a, at a wedding and, or been excited, whichever way it is. Sometimes actually the most unexpected conversations happen. And sometimes when you think to yourself, oh, I wish it was so, 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 and so, so, so. Then you come out and you think, and uh, Mary say, how did that go? It was just brilliant. Person next to me, didn't know, but had a fantastic conversation with them. And that's the, that's the issue, isn't it? Sometimes we have to overcome some of the things that uh, may just, uh, uh, make us a bit negative. So I just want to say, who are we inviting? I'm thinking at Lady Bond. Now, some of you guys eventually are hoping we're not going to be at Lady Bond. We're going to be somewhere else in Burnage. But just forgive me for a moment. Uh, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great, actually, when we can actually open everything up in the summer to have a big barbecue for the people who live on the street of the Lady Barn and just celebrate the fact that we can actually share together. Would be fab, wouldn't it? And I think when we're looking at other places, when we uh, Kingsburn and others, where we can actually share community and uh, celebrate together. And... Uh, Writer of Hebrews says this, if you're not excited about inviting strangers and people, then I want to give you something that's going to trump everything. 
He says this, angels sometimes gatecrash those events. That sometimes when you've got a stranger and a visitor, he says this, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some have done this, have entertained angels without realizing it. Now that would be a good story to tell, wouldn't it? That would be better than saying a jug of gravy completely demolished a table of fine stuff. I had an angel round. Now the trouble is we probably won't know until we're in heaven. But uh, I wish they'd just tell me once or twice I could tell that story. Now, you know, that would be a fab story to be able to do a sermon with, wouldn't it? Yesterday I had the neighbours plus an angel. Just saying. And then just as we're uh, coming into this, the third thing is this is a mission series and not a good food series. You know, that's uh, basically it's about the gospel. And when we're talking about having friends around, having neighbours, having the street parties and all the sort of things we can do for meals, fundamentally, it's an opportunity for us to share the Lord Jesus Christ with them. And uh, in verse 31, Jesus said to them, the people who accused him of eating with all the wrong people, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Uh, I have not called, I've not come to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You know, Luke was a doctor. He would have probably enjoyed putting that little uh, phrase in uh, to his account. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, it, it, this was a big banquet that uh, the tax collector uh, put on, it said, and uh, it would be um, a great thing to go to. But the reality is it isn't the quality or the quantity of the food uh, that's the most important, although it's pretty nice to have that. The reality is it's the opportunity for us to help people who are far away from Christ to come nearer to him. That's the big opportunity. And that sometimes is just talking about our story. It's sometimes saying what we do on a Sunday. Sometimes it's sometimes, um, you know, I, I when I'm dog walking on, with my friend and uh, with my friend in the morning and uh, he's asking, you know, he knows on Sundays now. <laughs> what I do he says what time is it this morning Colin I said it's a half nine one this morning just depends a little bit on how long I'm out there for what I'm trying to say is it just is an opportunity not you don't have to do a kind of three-point gospel presentation what you're doing is you are leading people more and more and more to know about Jesus and know about your life and um, so that is really really important and uh, I just want to finish off with this that in the end we are celebrating what heaven's going to be like N.T. Wright says this most writers now agree that eating with sinners was one of the most characteristic and striking marks of Jesus' regular activity and then N.T. Wright goes on to say Jesus was it was, as it were, celebrating the messianic banquet and doing it with all the wrong people. 
You see, Jesus talked about the fact that sometimes people who think they were the first to be invited don't turn up. And actually, he goes on to say in Luke 14, uh, 16, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at that time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who invited, come, everything is ready. And the reality is some of the first people to get asked didn't come. But basically, in the end, those who were lost, those who were strangers, those who knew they needed salvation, they were the ones who came. And basically, when we're having meals with guests, friends, people on our streets, other people, we are doing something that is embryonic to the great banquet that is going to happen. That Actually, when Jesus comes again, He's going to be the host of a fantastic, fantastic meal. Isaiah 25, 6 says this. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all the peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best meals, meats and the finest wine. You know, amazingly, Isaiah is having a vision of the future. He's having a vision of this great banquet. And can you see that? The best wine. Jesus did a little bit of that while he was on earth. It was like when he was at the wedding. He, he, he gave them a glimpse of the heavenly banquet. And you know, when we're sharing food and wine and, and stuff with people, we're giving them a glimpse of what it's going to be like in heaven. So, Sometimes I often think we think it, we, if, we, if we could only keep our head high and see, actually, this is a heavenly thing that we're doing. This is a, a, a God thing. It's not, ju not just a kind of physical thing. It's there's something that is uh, representing the heart of God as we people. Revelation 19.79 says this, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And it was given to her to clothe herself, her fine, bright and clean, linen bright cl and, and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And he said to me, right, blessed are those who are invited to the, uh, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So in Luke, Jesus talks about this uh, heavenly banquet, Isaiah, centuries before has a glimpse of it and John in his revelation at the end of his life has a revelation that, that actually we're going to have a fantastic meal with Jesus and if there's nothing that can make us think I want to do this to bring the gospel the peace of God the love of God the mercy of God to people let us understand that actually that's what Jesus is going to be doing for us. Henry Nguyen, I, I, I think I read this probably more than any kind of quote because I just love it and I just feel I want to finish with this. And I'd just like us to pray and I'm going to read these words over us and uh, I'd just like you to close your eyes and just allow these words to speak to you because I think they're so relevant that it seems that every year that I read them they're just as relevant but coming out of lockdown 
even more. Let's, in our world full of strangers, <clears throat> estranged from their past culture and country, from their neighbors, friends and family, from their deepest self and their God, we witness a painful search for a hospitality place where life can be lived without fear and where community can be found. Although many, we might even say most, strangers in this world become easy victims of fearful hostility. It is possible for men and women and obligatory for Christians to offer an open and hospitable space where strangers can cast off their strangeness and become our fellow human beings. The movement from hostility to hospitality is hard, full of difficulties. Our society seems to be increasingly full of fearful, defensive, aggressive people, anxiously clinging to their property and inclined to look at their surrounding world with suspicion, always expecting an enemy to suddenly appear and intrude and do them harm. But still, our vocation to convert the enemy into a guest and to create the free and fearless space where brotherhood and sisterhood can be formed and fully experienced. Lord, let this be our prayer. Amen.